Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Authentic Path Podcast. This is your host, Phelan Sugarman-Lash, and this is episode number 10. On this episode, I interview Tommy Ferris, who is the founder of Olympic Hiking Co. Tommy is a really awesome guy, and he founded his company while he was still in college, and then moved out of college into the quote-unquote real world to work in an accounting firm, and then from there, turned this passion project of his into a real company. So Olympic Hiking Co. basically leads tours all around Olympic National Parks in and near Seattle. On this episode, we cover everything from how to start your own business to how to maintain your own business to how to bring side hustles into entrepreneurship so you can have your main business and your side businesses. And we also talk about what it's like to be in the world of entrepreneurship in Seattle and how you can influence what goes on around you because of that. It was a really cool episode and a lot of good stuff in here for those of you who are wondering how to start your own businesses and live your authentic path and what that's actually like, you know, to want to wake up every day and do the job that you have to do. So super cool episode. I hope you enjoy episode number 10 of the Authentic Path podcast with Tommy Ferris. Thanks so much. Three, two, one, zero. Tommy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, let's just jump right in and just get started. I would love to hear your journey about starting your company, the uh, Olympic Hiking Co., and just yeah, the story of that whole thing for you. Yeah, for sure. So for me, I grew up on the Olympic Peninsula here just west of Port Angeles and had no idea how lucky I was to call this place home. You know, I had the Olympic Mountains, Lake Crescent, the coast, the rainforest in my backyard but that seemed like my normal. So when I went to Seattle and went to college at the University of Washington, um, I started to realize kind of how lucky I was to call this place home. And then I was also shocked that maybe nine out of 10 friends I met had never even stepped foot on the Olympic Peninsula before. And so I, um, in a business school class, my freshman year, I had to create an idea or a business. So how it kind of started for me is I decided to create a website for where to go, what to do, and how to get to the Olympic Peninsula. And I basically never stopped working on it because even growing up here, I didn't even realize the array of opportunities in Olympic National Park. So kind of future college projects, I kind of kept working on it, kept working on it. I ended up majoring in accounting and got my, um, or I should say business, and then got my master's in accounting and was working full-time in accounting and finance, but uh, my heart was kind of being pulled to start Olympic Hiking Co. And so uh, basically, I would say three years into working in accounting and finance, I uh, decided to not ignore you know, the passion any longer. I was solo hiking on the weekends and taking pictures to build a website. And so in basically February, 2016, I said, you know what, I'm gonna go all in. I wanna take this shot and start this company. Um, later that summer, I bought my first 12 passenger van. So 2016, it was just me in a, in a green 12 passenger van going all over Olympic National Park. And, you know, I was pretty green. I didn't really know what the clientele wanted at that point. Um, but my passion kind of carried me through. And so at this point now, fast forwarding into our, tw- in this 2020 season, uh, now Olympic Hiking Co, uh, provides, uh, guided, uh, guided hiking tours for groups. Uh, custom private tours, and we also do a backpacker trailhead shuttle uh, throughout Olympic National Park. And so we typically um, have about a four or five employee team, and now we've served over 5,000 of our own clients since uh, launching the company. So it's been a fast ride, but that's how I went from, you know, really not even knowing what was in my backyard to basically now really appreciating it and constantly seeing it from the, the traveler's eyes. So it's great. Yeah, that's an awesome story. Uh, thanks for sharing. 
So I think as a business student myself, like I have been in those entrepreneurship classes and they always say like, you should start a business and it would be great if like at the end of this class, you actually had a business, but I never see anyone do that. Like most people just start something and then it kind of falls apart. So I, while I was doing research, found that your parents were both entrepreneurs while you were growing up. And um, do you think that having parents who were entrepreneurs like instilled that entrepreneur mindset in you and then you had a much easier time of applying that yourself when you had the opportunity? I definitely think that was a big encouragement um, because when I was a, a child, I remember, especially during the summertime, you know, my mom would have me go, you know, pick up the mail in the mailbox and I would sift through the different checks. Uh, they worked in the Washington apple industry, selling apples all over the world. And so I was kind of fascinated um, by business, by, you know, having it in front of me firsthand in a small business where you not only receiving checks, but I would see my dad making the sales call. And I kind of thought that full life cycle. And so it kind of instilled this love for small business for me. And so it was great to kind of have that example to look to and definitely inspired me because there's so many times where uh, in any startup, it's a very tough road to kind of get that momentum. But knowing that they had done that and they could share their journeys of basically kind of their tough roads that they had to get through to get to where they were well, when they retired last year. Um, it definitely was great to kind of have that example um, because for me, um, I think without that, I wouldn't have maybe pioneered through. Yeah, for sure. I've heard that for most entrepreneurs, like the first time you get paid and you realize that what you want to do and for your business actually can make you money, that's like a huge revelation for a lot of entrepreneurs. And so for you as a kid, like seeing those checks in the mail come in already, you were like, wow, this is possible. And I imagine that's like a huge uh part of what has made this possible for you over the last few years. So props, um, cool story. In terms of what you were doing before you founded uh, OHC, you were working as an accountant or like a financial analyst. Um, and again, as like a business major, I think the accounting path is probably like the safest, most stable, but like also the most boring and, and like a real-esque job kind of thing. So for you, when you were going into accounting, was that for like safety reasons and you felt like you needed the stability of an accounting job or did you really love what you were doing? So I think um, when I selected my business major, originally when I was in college, I wanted to work in the sports industry, having grown up playing three sports. And so that was kind of the track I was on. I selected accounting because I had to pick a focus and I felt that what I liked about accounting is that from a business perspective, it allows you to really know the like the financial condition of your business and evaluating the, you know, the profitability of, of the endeavor. And so for me, I, I still love accounting and I love being able to crank out some journal entries in my QuickBooks accounting system for my business. I just think that there was a transitional point where I said, I don't want to do this 100% of my workday, that I love it. And I love knowing these numbers and being able to make great budget forecasts and, you know, accounting. Uh, report, but it wasn't what I wanted to do full time. But I don't think I did it necessarily for the stability. I think I just found myself um, wanting to really know how the business was operating. And it was definitely a path that was laid out in front of me. I had an offer to work for Deloitte, which is one of the public accounting firms uh, out of the Seattle office. And um, so in the goals of maybe working in the sports industry or, you know, Fortune 500 companies, I took that path only to realize that my heart was a lot more connected to my hometown, uh, uh, Joyce, Washington, which is west of Port Angeles, where I grew up, and being out in the Olympic Peninsula. Cool. I think you're one of the few people who I know who has who chose to be an accounting like major, basically for the right reasons. I think everyone else does it for the wrong reasons. So that's cool. Um, I'm I'm happy for you for that. In terms of uh, that leap you took when you 
transitioned from being an accountant to starting your own business and you were just super green, had your, your van, you're driving around, like making cold calls to people trying to like get your marketing out there. Like what did that look like logistically to actually go about starting the business? And we don't have to get into the weeds of like getting all the contracts and all of that, but like, how did that feel for you? And, and what did you have to do during your days? Yeah. So kind of what the journey looked like, um, in the interim, when I first decided to kind of go in the entrepreneurship route, I was still toying with the idea of kind of taking over my parents' business before they retired. So there's kind of a three-month period in which I was kind of trying all things independent business owner. And as I started to see, I was going to chamber meetings, monthly uh, Olympic Peninsula Tourism Commission meetings, just trying to expand my network however I could. And I started to hear more and more about, hey, we really, um, there's this need for guided hiking tours. We really would like to see that. And so when I, when I first started my business, it was going to be a trip planning website. And then in 2016 is when I decided to make it more of a tour company. Um, and I kind of just listened to the market and kind of read, I made you know, some different read and reactions to that and established one key partnership with the local uh, ferry, Blackball Ferry Line, that operated a ferry between uh, Port Angeles and Victoria. And we created a day trip package of basically they would take the ferry over, arrive right around 1215. They would do a afternoon tour with us from 1230 to 430 and then head back to Victoria after that. And so it was a day trip package for Victoria, uh, you know, travelers or, you know, locals that would start exploring Olympic National Park with me. So that was kind of the first successful product I built. And um, but I'll never forget after I launched my website, I kind of thought everything was just going to magically fall in place because like, oh, this is this great idea. And like, here yeah. it is. <laughs> and then I never I'll never forget it. I was. Uh, I was in my little home office and I was so ticked because I launched this website and it was just so anticlimactic and you get the initial response. I'll never forget on a yellow notepad, like just gripping the pen. I just wrote demand because I realized that your idea can be great, but if you don't have that demand, if you're not pushing it, it's just not going to go. And so that's when I really put, you know, put to the gas pedal and said, I got to start really, you know, cranking out emails and, you know, sharing this news that we're here to everybody I knew in my network. And that's what ultimately I think. Yeah, totally. I can relate to that as like, I just launched the podcast last week and I was totally expecting it to like, you know, in some, some small part of me to like launch and just have like everyone listen to it. And it gets like the top podcast spot on iTunes. And then I launched and, you know, a hundred or 200 people have listened to it, which is cool, but not what I was wanting, but yeah, I can, I can imagine at the same time though, I think it's really cool to just be doing anything at all. Right. And like just starting is so hard for people, I think. Um, and I've noticed that a lot of entrepreneurs who start their own businesses seem to not, uh, even think about that sometimes in terms of like, there's just this like bursting of energy out of someone and they have to do it. Right. Like it just has to happen. That business has to be started. And so for you, did you experience like that um, transformative moment in your life where you were like, I really have to do this? Or was it more of like a slow buildup that you kept like tinkering with and then finally just kind of happened naturally or something else? I think, yeah. So I think it was kind of a combination of the two. I think that um, in college, there was definitely kind of that fire that lit off where I started just going crazy. Um, I have all these pictures of, you know, the first um, guidebook I looked through on the Olympic Peninsula and I, I was definitely, I had a lot of zeal. I would, you know, in my free time, take these road trips and start photographing the area on my own free time. And so I definitely think there was that crazy passion that fueled my, uh, you know, fueled me to, to start this business. Um, but definitely, um, th that was kind of that, it, it was kind of in control. It was so exciting. 
but I, it was over a, you know, a few years as I was really evaluating if I wanted to go all in. Um, you know, so I got my business license in advance. I got my LLC all set up. I kind of had all that stuff in place so that when 20, when 2016 came and I realized that I wanted to, you know, stop this uh, corporate track I was on, at least at that time, um, I was able to kind of just go all in. And then I, I had a few um, people guide me along the way because for my business specifically, I had to set up a lot of stuff like commercial insurance for the auto liability policy, the general liability policy, um, you know, and just getting all, you know, certified and commercially authorized with Olympic National Park. So I had all that zeal, but then I kind of had to do the uh, red tape to get to get started. Uh, but once I had that first tour, that, you know, craze and excitement for sure fueled me through that first year. And, uh, you know, every day I wake up genuinely excited to do what I do. Um, I, I love uh, having people come out here in Olympic National Park and doing anything I can to have them have a really memorable experience out here. And um, I always say that I'm seeing, you know, these places I might see it a hundred times in a summer, but I constantly see it through someone seeing it for the first time. And that yeah, I always see something that I've learned to appreciate, you know, for the first time through those travelers eyes, which is great. Yeah, that's beautifully said. I think that uh, one of my questions I was going to ask later is, is how do you know you're on the authentic path and like what signs are there for you? And I think waking up every day excited for your day is super like that's one of them it's a really clear sign so that's that's awesome um in terms of how your company has grown since you like started it you obviously cater to a lot more needs now and and work with a lot of different kinds of people how has it looked like for you to grow your company and how have you grown alongside of it it's a a really good point and for me kind of with that accounting background um i've been careful how i manage growth because i know that i think one year in particular I grew a lot and I got a lot of great research and development, but I realized that there's a cost to just adding staff and just growing and that you have to make sure you kind of find that sweet spot. And there's nothing wrong with being in a niche. You know, that's kind of my biggest thing about growth is, you know, don't try to be some other company, be the company you need to be, whether that's an independent, you know, contractor, sole proprietor, or whether you manage a small team or whether you manage a team of 100, you know, find that sweet spot where you have that perfect profitability curve where you're getting the most out of your revenue and getting a good net income. And so as I've grown it, um, really one of the things I looked at and like kind of adding a team is seeing that passion in people um, and, and them and knowing that they're going to deliver that same quality experience. Cause for me, and I think for any independent business owner, your business is an extension of your personal brand. And so you want to make sure that the people that you bring on are going to be representing that personal brand that you would stand for. Um, so that was kind of the most important part of growing it is finding the right people. And specifically what I did is I added people that I knew brought, um, a certain level of expertise that I wouldn't have. So for example, leading guided hiking tours, one of the first things I realized what, you know, clients want is kind of a really broad overview of the ecology, natural history, geology of the area, um, being able to identify different flowers or trees and the wildlife, et cetera. And so I brought in basically different, you know, recent graduates in environmental education programs, environmental sciences, who then bolstered up our tour curriculum, which is what I call it. So that way we can provide this really kind of good overview, because obviously I'm passionate about the area. I know the hiking trails, but they actually helped train me to kind of be able to lead a really multifaceted tour. Um, so growth is a good thing. It can push you to a higher level. Um, it allows you to kind of identify what product lines are the best for you. And there's no problem to down, you know. I've, I've expanded into things and then kind of stepped back out of a few things, just knowing what's more authentic to my journey and what's going to be 
make the most sense for our business. And I think that I'm never afraid to, to tinker with the, the, the right setup going forward. Cool. Uh, can you give an example of like some of those things that you might have tried and then it didn't feel right and how you identified them as not feeling right for you? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's one very, you know, a couple of clear examples and it, there's nothing wrong with these types of tours. It's just not who we are. Um, but some of the initial requests we got, um, it was a thing called step on guiding, which is where we're just a guide. We step onto a, a tour bus of about 50 passengers and kind of just narrated a tour. And where we kind of decided that maybe this isn't the path we necessarily always want to pursue is when we were having to lead these massive groups onto the hiking trails. Our traditional group tours, um, we have a 14 passenger capacity in our van, but typically they're like six to eight people. So we always feel like we're never overtaking a destination and we're kind of providing this authentic experience where we can connect with each client one-on-one. We always want our group tour to feel like a private tour and have people feel like they were able to really get what they you know, wanted out of their adventure and, and accomplish those goals. So that was uh, an area where we kind of initially pursued some of those and provide step-on guides throughout various tour buses that came on to Olympic National Park. But there is um, a nice transition where another company kind of started to take more of those requests. And so we just started to refer that and allowed us to kind of manage our staff specifically what we want to do. Um, we never want to feel like we're we want to leave Olympic National Park in a better place. We want to make sure we're respectful of the environment. We're leaving no trace. And that people really feel like they not only got to experience a really beautiful Tour Olympic and got to see all these things and learn about it, but they truly got to connect with that guide leading that trip. And it's not only just a guide for them, that hopefully they feel like that's a great friend or acquaintance that when they come back to Port Angeles that, hey, you see me walking around town. Hey, there's Tommy. Like, would you want to grab a, you know, a cup of coffee or a beer or anything like that? I want people to really feel like they can truly call me a friend after that tour's done. Yeah, that's awesome. I studied abroad in New Zealand and went on one of those tours of like 40 or 50 people and it was just nuts, like absolutely insane. And it felt totally wrong to be up, like out in the beautiful nature of New Zealand just being belligerent college kids. So I appreciate that you're not doing that. Um, in terms of your personal life and like how you run a company, how does it look like for you and to do that? And what are the hardest parts and the most rewarding parts for you? as a, as like a singular person? Yeah. So I think the, one of the biggest challenges of being an entrepreneur, uh, and just kind of stepping, especially stepping from a corporate route or that job, that biweekly paycheck disappears, um, at least in my field. So it's just all of a sudden you got to produce and there's no guarantee. So once you kind of get into that mental mindset where you get comfortable of knowing that you can provide for yourself, I think things get a little bit easier. Uh, it's kind of interesting on myself as a person, I've changed a little bit, you know, when I was in college, I would stay up late and wake up late. And, you know, now I find myself, you know, waking up super early every morning and just super motivated to work. I honestly think my most productive hours, which I could not have said as a college student is waking up at six, you know, having that first cup of coffee. And I think six fifteen to seven fifteen is probably some of the most productive hour, you know, I guess one hour productive hour of the day for me. Um, and so, yeah, I think that I, uh, when you have that passion fueling yourself, as far as, you know, that being an independent business owner, it really can take you to new heights. And, you know, for me, I think the biggest change in my personal life is I never think of the work week, like Monday through Friday anymore. I actually don't even honestly know what day it is today. And I usually don't just because I wake up every day. I kind of see what has come in. I take care of things. And then if I am ahead of the schedule for whatever reason, I assess if I should do another project or be done. And for me, 
you know, especially in a business where I depend on demand and bookings that come in, you know, when that call comes or that email comes, that's livelihood on the line. So if it's Saturday at 12 o'clock, you respond. And that doesn't seem like a burden to me. So I, I sincerely enjoy working every day. You know, obviously, right now with COVID-19, things are a, a little bit different. And so I definitely miss the busyness that it provides. But yeah, definitely when things are in full swing, um, it never seems like work. It just seems like you're just kind of living your life and enjoying that lifestyle. And I enjoy being busy. I'm a type A person. I enjoy kind of the structure that provides me. So I think um, there's no more fear of weekends. There's no more, you know, losing the weekend or anything like that. Or, oh, no, it's Monday. You know, everybody's going to have those challenging days. You know, you're always going to have challenges. And this, by far, is not the easiest track. You know, you have to have a lot of passion to overcome those obstacles. But I think it's just, you just totally, you don't see work in life. You just see lifestyle, I would say. Yeah, that's that's cool. Since starting this podcast, I have started doing what you were talking about and waking up at, you know, I'm still in college and like to wake up at 1030 or some 11 sometimes. But since starting this, I've been getting up at like six or seven and then like starting my day way earlier because it's just exciting. And I'll work for like seven hours in a day on just like scheduling podcast guests, cold emailing people, like figuring out how to build a website, all of the stuff that's just like sometimes really boring, but it feels fun because it's towards a purpose that's, that's more exciting and a passion that I have. And I get to talk to really awesome people like you. So it's, it's fun. Um, cool. So, okay. Moving forward a little bit. Um, how has your community of acquaintances changed since starting the business and how has that supported you? Like you talked a little bit earlier about some mentors that you went to when you were just starting to help you with the logistics and stuff. Um, and then how have you, how has your community grown and, and adapted over the last few years of, of taking this authentic journey? Yeah. And so when you say acquaintances, are you talking about business network and personal or both? I guess both. Um, just in terms of like who, who is there to support you? Like I've noticed in talking to other guests, when people take these authentic steps forward in their own life and like a leap of faith almost, the people around them end up changing and becoming more passionate people in their own respect. Um, and then that community kind of pushes them to succeed. So I'm just curious if, if you've seen that that has happened or if it's mostly stayed the same. Yeah, I mean, I would say that, you know, my core friend group, that they are still right there for me. And, uh, you know, I would say that the relationships haven't changed too much in my personal network, but they're definitely super supportive of me. Um, I find that my close college friends are always wanting to kind of chat business with me and they kind of live that entrepreneurial journey through, through my experiences and they enjoy consulting me on certain things that I'm going through. And I think that guidance has definitely helped me. I, I take the same foster school business approach from the University of Washington on a daily basis when I get to talk to my friends. And it kind of keeps me connected to make sure that I'm staying kind of current and relevant with what I'm thinking. My family my, my, has been a huge support. My parents specifically, you know, especially because they've launched their own business, they've, they've been, you know, very, very much a part of my journey and hear all of my, you know, ideas. I, I kind of call my parents the, the silent board of directors along with my, you know, close friends because they just hear it all. And sometimes you just need that sounding board, especially when you're a solo independent business owner. It's really important to develop those relationships because talking it out and writing out ideas is the best way to really challenge them. And it's great to get feedback. And sometimes you just need to hear the sound of your voice. Um, from a business perspective, as far as acquaintances I've made in the tourism industry, um, I'm very fortunate that I've been able to get connected uh, with different um, kind of committees and 
groups like the Olympic Peninsula Tourism Commission was, has been a great monthly meeting for me to attend to kind of meet stakeholders across the board uh, and get some new opportunities. One of the, my favorite opportunities I was able to help with was basically taking uh, a group uh, groups of photographers uh, in pairs. Uh, I was gone 31 out of 60 days traveling all throughout the Olympic Peninsula, taking them out to get marketing photos and content for the area. And we went out February and it ended in May. Uh, and I not only did I meet great people, but I was seeing the peninsula in this kind of really beautiful time where it's not as busy. And that was all through my relationships I had with the Olympic Peninsula Tourism Commission. And now there's photos, for example, with a colleague of mine that you met, Michael Matty. Um, not only did we do that trip together, but I've seen his photos in SeaTac Airport that I was a part of. And now he's, you know, him and I have collaborated to do, you know, Olympic Peninsula Photography Workshop that we do during the spring and the fall. And so it's just, it's, it's amazing to see what happens in your journey with acquaintances when you just connect and reach out. Um, and so that's definitely been very helpful. And I look forward to, and I would say that would be my piece of encouragement. Um, any, any group you can connect with in a professional setting, just network, you know, go to the meetings. Even if it doesn't seem always relevant, just try to connect with your industry however you can learn from the math questions. Like for me today, I love doing stuff like this. I love chatting with fellow entrepreneurs and business owners and it's just a great thing. So I appreciate what you're doing. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense to surround yourself with people who are, are doing what they want to do and, and also with opportunities. There's a, a quote from Bob Iger, which I'm going to like totally butcher, but he basically said the more, the biggest, bigger surface area you have, the more opportunity you have for luck to like land on you. So that's super true. Um, one thing you were talking about was your kind of personal board of directors with your parents and other other mentors. What? How do you structure like getting advice from them and other people uh, about your business and decisions you need to make without um, like letting yourself? Uh, I guess like how do you structure it without without um, losing track of what you really want to get out of the conversation and without and well like maintaining your own confidence in your own decision making yeah well i think you know honestly and this is the most one of the biggest lessons i've learned uh especially when you're an independent business owner and if you're not talking to someone that's like an expert in your industry if you're just kind of seeking that external advice from friends and family just remember that you're the expert you know your your opinion is what matters most and that sometimes it's best you know i guess one thing i've done kind of not with mentors is I've recreated so many, I created so many voice memos on my iPhone traveling, you know, on my way back from a trailhead shuttle and just sounding out my own thoughts and kind of hearing myself talk through it first and recording that voice memo forces me to like not stop conversation mid drive. And I actually force myself to kind of think these through. And so I guess with that in mind, just remember that your perspective, you got to trust your instincts first and foremost, and that it's great to get feedback from friends and family, but head into it with that confidence that you know, this is the direction you want to go and this is why, and try to sell them on that. Um, tell them about the things that you're scared about too. Tell them the, the threats you see and see if they, and kind of just get feedback. But as long as you kind of lay out, here's where I want to go. These are the, you know, these are the strengths. These are the weaknesses. These are the opportunities. These are the threats. You know, that SWOT analysis that we learn in business school, right? Uh, you know, anytime you can kind of just give them that full perspective and just say, and here's my solution. What are your thoughts? And as long as you, kind of give them that full picture. I find, I find that not a lot of people are trying to become an expert in your industry you know, and they just, they just enjoy kind of hearing what your plans are. Um, 
and you can just kind of have that sounding board and get those kind of high level thoughts. That's a really good thing to do. So that's cool. kind of, I guess, to kind of hopefully answer that somewhat. Yeah, yeah, that was a good answer. Um, to transition a little bit, I want to hear more about what some of the other things that you work on are. So in my research, I found that you also run an Airbnb that's been really successful, and you also do consulting services for small and medium-sized businesses. So what inspired you to kind of take up different income streams and different projects, and how do you maintain your your calendar and your schedule to like give the, all of those things effort? It's a great question. Yeah. So the Airbnb specifically, um, so I moved to the area when I moved back from Seattle. And so I bought a house and I decided, you know what, this would be a great, you know, kind of other half of the income stream for me, you know, start the hiking tour operation and start the vacation rental. So for the Airbnb was a way to diversify, um, to make sure that I could have income streams coming in. And I didn't, I thought it would do well. I didn't anticipate it doing as well as it, it has done. Um, so that was definitely a very fundamental part of me having cash flow because cash is king in any kind of operations based business. And so it was a great way for me to know I had stable cash flows in my summer season when I needed it most. Um, it's something that I was able to identify a great cleaning service, um, to kind of make it more of a hands-off operation. And just, I kind of constantly managing my schedule of knowing, okay, this week I need to do this Costco run or this week I need to do this repair. Um, but that was definitely just a vital piece to get launched. Will I do it forever? Um, my goal is to basically get the hiking company operation to where I, you know, can make that choice whether I want to do it or not. For now, I've just decided that I'm comfortable in a studio apartment that I'm in right now as a home office and uh, that, you know, let it run out and, until I decided to take a different direction. As far as the, the consulting goes, um, and I think you'll find this too, when you're a business owner, uh, you find yourself doing a little bit of everything. And I guess I took the path that I didn't want to outsource at all. I wanted to get my hands dirty and do a little bit of everything. So I implemented my own tour software for the website. I implemented, I built my own website on Squarespace. I do my accounting and, and books and taxes. I do all that all. And so, you know, you start to develop some proficiencies. So I would, I would recommend for any business owner, um, once you become an expert at something, try to try to capitalize on the experience you gained outside of your day-to-day operations if you can. I built a website in Squarespace. I know that's a great starting block for other businesses. So I've built some really quick turnaround websites for other companies. I've implemented a QuickBooks accounting software since I know how to use it myself. Um, I've done just some basic consulting on how to launch commercial operations with you know road-based operations with tours and um, yeah, so I enjoy kind of, kind of having that avenue open for kind of the side hustles as they come up. And just by putting my name out there, contract work has actually come to me that I didn't even expect. And it was just because people were like, oh, maybe Tommy can help. He does consulting. And that just by saying, hey, I do this, even though it might be 5% of my schedule, it just, it comes in when I need it to. And I, and you can always say no, uh, the Airbnb definitely more of a, 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 a time constraint. Uh, and so it just, you just have to be really on top of your calendar and not be afraid to, you know, be on it every hour of the day while you're, while you're being at, you know, proactive and managing your schedule. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, one thing that I think is really cool about what you've done is you're living under your means, uh, in terms of like the fact that your businesses are your own, like livelihood means that the choice to live under your means is really just like cutting the cost for your businesses. Right. So 
that's a really cool decision that I think a lot of people would probably overlook, but something that like going to business school has done is just like, it's so important to cut costs and so many people think it's important to make more money, but if you can cut your costs down, then like that is the same. Um, so props to you for like living in a studio apartment instead of your nice house. Um, <laughs> uh, what have you found to be like the most interesting experience that you've had because you've taken this journey? Like, um, you talked about that, that photographer trip that you went on for like 30 days. That's super sweet. What other like cool experiences have you had? Well, being that these are hiking tours, there's been so many experiences in nature that have just been mind blowing, you know, having a Roosevelt elk cross a hiking trail, you know, maybe 10 feet in front of you unexpectedly, always keep your distance from animals. Not saying that's the preferred route, but when they come to you, there's not much you can do. Um, so yeah, wildlife experiences, just some beautiful sunsets, uh, great new connections. I think that one of the most rewarding things, um, on the day to day is, you know, on private tours, especially, you know, whether it's couples or even solo hikers, um, I found that people just naturally open up and like begin to share life experiences. And it's a great thing just to kind of be a listener and let people kind of just talk through uh, their journey. Uh, I think oftentimes when people are traveling, they're kind of searching for something. It doesn't mean that they're having a tough time. It just means that they're wanting some experience. And I would say that the travel industry and the, our tours, it's more about these kind of transformative experiences in nature. Um, we're not trying to do anything extra or anything like that. It's just, it happens organically and naturally. Someone wants to be really aggressive on a hike and super active. They, uh, you know, they do this great journey and they feel like a rock star. I, I, to give you one example, I would just say there's been so many experiences, so many different people. It's, it's, it's always hard to pick one, but on the day to day, one time in 2017, when I was first starting, I had a, you know, a Marine just commander. I think it was a commander in the Marine Corps and he hiked up one of the most challenging hikes, day hikes we have on the peninsula. And it was a hot summer day and I let him set the pace and oh my, I felt like I was going through boot camp, but it was just one of those experiences like, man, it's just crazy to see all the different walks of life and those interactions and to be able to meet these people and, and for them to remember me. And you think, oh yeah, you leave one private tour and that's that. But I have 40,000 images on my uh, MacBook Pro on an external hard drive. I just so many different pictures from all these journeys and you think that you're going to forget it. You're like, Oh, I won't remember these people. And I still remember names to this day. I think of every single client on the private tour I've ever taken out. So wow. I think it's just those connections, those meaningful connections. It's, it's, it's not even just one experience It's those daily moments that matter. So, yeah, that's like awesome. I super agree with that. I think in my own travels and, and even this podcast thing, like meeting the people is definitely the most interesting part. Like, Tim Ferriss, a different podcast uh, host and writer and stuff, he talks about how every experience he goes into, he wants to like make a good connection and learn something. And I think like making the connections is super, super important, both for like human, like we just as humans like connection, but also because building that that network is really fun too. Um, in terms of, uh, I just like want to loop back to something else I remembered. In terms of your own branding that you've worked on over the last few years, like becoming a consultant, becoming a business owner, like all of that stuff, how have you worked to grow your brand in the way that you want it to grow so that when people hear about you, they're like, oh yeah, that's that guy that runs that company. And I think he also does consulting. Like I'll recommend him to my friend. Um, and how have you like strategically approached brand? Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, I think 
as long as you have your heart and your character and your work ethic kind of in the right place, I feel like that kind of works itself out. Yeah, I don't think sense. I've done it. I don't think I've done anything specifically to try to separate myself other than I will always go the extra mile for anybody that's ever kind of coming across my path, whether personally or professionally. And I think people have seen that work ethic and that I will do anything I can to make their experience better, whether it's a client or whether it's a business relationship. Um, I, they, they kind of see how much I care and how much passion I have for what I do. And they're kind of drawn to be able to work with me because they know that if I encounter anything that I will always kind of keep their best interest in mind. Uh, and so I think just staying true to myself, staying true to, you know, what I like doing and, and just being very passionate about that. And I think one of the most important things is just being willing to help, you know, just truly help somebody out and not expect anything in return. And I think, you know, I, when I, when I, I probably did that first um, opportunity to work with the, you know, Olympic Peninsula Tourism Commission, I, I definitely did it at a discounted rate, but the the reason is that I wanted to prove myself and that's definitely lent itself well for me to have, you know, future opportunities. So, um, yeah, I just think having that, you know, servant's heart and doing things, you know, in a humble attitude, being appreciative of what, of what opportunities are presented to you and treating people with respect and working really hard and, and just having a smile, it, it makes a big difference. Just showing up with that good attitude, I think is the biggest difference. Yeah, that's really admirable. I think a lot of people want to be like you in this way, but probably struggle with it. And so it's cool you've managed to do that. Um, and I, I think it shows. Like, I remember I interview, I, I email a lot of people to be on the podcast. And when I emailed you, you were like, like hell yeah, that's awesome. Like, let's definitely do this, right? So just like as soon as you emailed me back, I was like, this guy's warm. He's friendly. Like, he wants to do this. So it definitely comes off. And you're right. Um, yeah, totally. So before uh, we wrap things up, I want to just like dig into a little bit of what this like authentic word means to you um, and how you would inspire and encourage other people to live their own authentic lives um, and what advice you would give to people who might want to start their own businesses or in the similar way that you've done. So that's kind of a long question, but in terms of just defining authenticity for you and how you live that life and then what advice you'd give to other people it's that's the million dollar question and it's so yeah. important and it's something that you got to continually address to yourself every day um i think for me you know going into the foster school business and i was on the path to you know work for deloitte i had everything laid out that if i wanted to stay on that route i could have and it's really challenging to take a journey that's different than others and so i think that be okay with wherever your heart's taking you but still be diligent, you know, still, you know, utilize all the tools, continually try to improve, continue to try to be your best version of yourself. But don't be ashamed if that's taking you on a different journey than your best friends or your, you know, your high school friends or whatever it may be. Um, for me, being authentic is knowing that I grew up in a 10 acre forest with a beach trail. And so for me, you know, having an outdoor space, living in a rural area, hiking and exploring this area is something that's always going to be important to me. It's not going to make me the richest entrepreneur alive. And you have to accept that and be confident with that and know that there's a purpose behind the lifestyle you're trying to live. And, um, and then doing something that you truly enjoy and being passionate about it. I mean, if you can't be passionate about what you do for work, especially as an entrepreneur, then you really should consider a different path. You know, I understand this job security and, and I have a lot of respect for people in the broad industries and business and all the different sectors. I mean, there's, 
I mean, healthcare workers, especially right now, so much props to what they're doing and keeping us and our country afloat. But my whole point is that, you know, when it comes to running a business and kind of going for it, you know, you're going to have times where you question it daily. And so be driven by that passion and know that as long as you're staying authentic with what your heart of who you are and what you're trying to pursue, then you're on that right track. And, you know, continue trying and opening up new doors because passion will drive you to find things when things aren't always working, you know, the right way. Yeah. Great answer. Um, well, cool. I really appreciate you coming on the, coming out of the podcast. Um, I want to give you an opportunity to share any of your own, uh, like websites or Instagram or where people can find your work and, uh, what you're doing. So if you want to just shout those out, that'd be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find, uh, information about Olympic Hike and Co. Our website is, uh, hikeolympic.com. And that's also our Instagram handle just at hike Olympic. Um, we try to share photos that we post from tours and we also tag photos from other photographers that are traveling to the area. Um, you know, definitely if you're ever out in Olympic national park and you're wanting to learn more about it, uh, you can contact us on the website. Uh, our email address is discover at hikeolympic.com and we'd be happy to try to point you in the right direction when you come out here. And I think that's about it for information. I, I do have my consulting stuff at tommyferris.com, which is my, uh, first and last name. And, just generally want people to have a great experience if you do find yourself on the Olympic Peninsula. And family, thank you so much for this opportunity to come on. And I, uh, I wish you the best of luck and hope that you can continue to bring your uh, enthusiasm and passion because it shows. And I think that this is a great opportunity, a great conversation. You did an excellent job. Cool. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on and good luck with the rest of your endeavors. I wish you the best. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I just want to say how much I appreciate everyone who does listen to the show. It really brings me a lot of joy to make it, and I hope that it brings you a lot of joy to listen to it. It's cool to be on episode 10 of a project that a year ago I never would have even thought that something like this could be possible. Yeah, it's just such a cool feeling to have done something when before I didn't even think that I could. And doing this podcast every week so consistently reminds me that it's possible, and even though it might be hard, and the first step is to just start, right? So if there's anything that you want to start doing now, just try, just start trying to do it. And, you know, stop listening to this podcast, put down your phone or whatever, think about what it is you actually want, and then try and do it today. Like, take one step forward. And if you can take one step forward, that's awesome. And that's, like, the first step out of many. And if you take 10 steps and you realize you don't really want to do it anymore, then you can stop. But try doing at least one thing that will bring you closer to the kind of life that you want to live today. And if you're interested in learning more about what it looks like to actually do that, I am more than happy to hop on a call with you and help you figure it out for yourself. It's something that I love to do with people is talk about their passions and their purpose and what drives them to live life. So yeah, I would love to chat with you if you would like and help you in any way that I can. So that's all I got for you today. I really appreciate you listening. This is Phelan Sugarman Lash, the host of the Authentic Path podcast, and this is episode number 10, and I'll see you next time. All right, thanks so much for listening. Bye.